there, and welcome to the Prickly Things Podcast, the show where we are open and honest about everyday life in hopes to empower, motivate, and inspire you. So listen close, because we all love a good story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Prickly Things Podcast. This is your host, Sandra Camacho, a new mom, first-time mom, back on the show. We left you off on a cliffhanger back in December. We released the episode announcing our pregnancy. I was at the end of it, and we are now back at it with our birth story, finally. And with me today, I have... Eduardo, brand new parent as well, brand new dad. Uh, Sorry for the delay. It was a little longer than expected. We joined a cult. Oh, my gosh. There's so many things to talk about, and we were gone for. We didn't join a cold. She's okay, no. guys. I'm okay. <laughs> I, I it did come up that people were wondering what's been going on. They wanted updates, and here we are. Yes, I have Eddie with me, and also Auntie K. Hello, guys. I'm Karen, now known as Auntie K. She's a whole aunt here, people. Uh, we're here today. Four months postpartum, I have a four-month-old. He's a little boy, and his name is Andre. Baby Dre. Baby Dre. We just had Mother's Day uh, not too long ago, so it was my first Mother's Day, and I was able to enjoy my day with my baby, and it is a big deal to be a new mom and experience that for the first time, and it's life-changing how... Not only like being pregnant changes you, but then giving birth changes you, your body, your mind. And then you're coming home to a brand new baby that you've never taken care of before. You know, like you don't know what it's like to have a newborn at home. Maybe a lot of you listening are parents yourselves or some of you may be expecting, um, you know, you're pregnant right now. I know when I was pregnant, I did a lot of podcasting. Like I listened to other moms talk about their story, their journey. Um, there was a lot of research about childbirth because obviously it's the first time you don't know what you're doing or what's going on. So here we're going to talk about baby Dre's birth story and how everything went for me. This story wouldn't be a story without Eddie and Karen because they were a big part. Uh, to my surprise, Karen was there and my mom was there in the room. So we'll talk about their perspective. I don't know. They were just in the room watching this. I never thought my sister would be a part of it, and she was. I chose to be there, so. And we showed her. So yeah, we showed her uh, birth videos before, but other people just so she could know what to expect. Yeah, and I'm trying to open a drink here. It was here. different from the videos to me, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're drinking some Japanese drink, and that made that wild noise. Okay. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves, so I'm gonna kind of structure this with um, kind of. <laughs> Opening it up to what my story started or how it started, um, let's talk about the induction process. When I was pregnant, um, and I don't think I opened about this before on our last episode, but it was a high-risk pregnancy. And high-risk sounds like like scary and sounds dangerous, and they make you go see your regular like doctor, but then you have to go see the high-risk doctor. And you have to be, I mean, my appointments were literally, I had a doctor's appointment every other week. I think by the end of it, right? Like I was yeah. at a doctor's appointment, if anything, weekly. And we had ultrasounds every appointment, just checking on me, checking on the baby. And the high risk was because my blood pressure was high throughout the pregnancy. And they were just wanting to check. I think the high blood pressure is related to preeclampsia. And um, that's something that definitely happens a lot during childbirth, during pregnancy. And for me, my blood pressure was always high during my appointments. I had to keep up with it during my pregnancy and it was a high risk pregnancy. So right off the bat at 20 weeks, they told me I was probably going to have to have an induction. At first, that didn't really mean anything to me. It didn't register in my mind what that was, what that meant. Yeah, no, me neither, but we were always hoping for a natural birth. Yeah, but they started throwing the word induction out there um, pretty early on in the pregnancy. 
that gave me enough time to kind of do research on what an induction is and how that works. Um, like I said, going into this pregnancy, I did a lot of research firsthand on what childbirth is like and what to expect during, you know, this experience and how it's going to be. A lot of induction stories were like, like scary stories, like for real, like a lot of people that I saw either on YouTube or podcasts, they had to share their uh, induction story. And it was just the worst thing that could ever happen. Obviously, you're getting medication put in you to give birth. So in a way, they're kind of forcing the birth because it's not like your water breaks in movies and you're like, okay, let's go to the hospital or you get a pain. They're literally giving you medication for your body to start contractions and, you know, to speed up the whole process. So that in itself is very scary. And I definitely did not want an induction. I think that's something that we definitely talked about between Eddie and I, as far as is this something that we're going to be okay with down the road? And I think after we got to the actual 37 week timeline is when it started getting real as far as, okay, we got to schedule your induction. Well, the doctor was giving us the option first to, to have it happen naturally, but your blood pressure kept on rising. By the end of it, it started <laughs> peaking up a little bit more. And the doctor did say she recommended us to deliver at 39 weeks. And it still was a recommendation. She, she gave us dates between the 11th of January and the 17th, the 18th of January. Those two were potential dates, the 11th and the 18th. And I wasn't due until the 25th. So that in itself was like already way too early. I wanted my body to go into natural labor. And definitely that's not how it happened. Um, by 30 eight weeks is when they started doing the cervical checks. And uh, at that time, my mom was here. Eddie was always there at all my appointments. So I remember being checked for the first time to see how dilated I was. And I think I was already, I think I, I started off at one centimeter dilated. Remember? I don't remember how much. It was, it started off as one. And of course it's like, oh my God, it's almost time. It's 38 weeks. The doctor asked if I was going to want to schedule the induction. And I said, no, I want to go through the end of the pregnancy. So for sure, for sure, I needed to deliver by the 25th of January. And my mom was here. And I remember for like a couple of days, I started getting contractions. I think I almost went to the hospital one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was, I, I thought I was in labor. It was so like, it was a weird experience because there was pain, there was contractions. My tummy kept getting like that tightening sensation where it's like tightening and we were counting and I called the hospital to say, Hey, can I go? And, and, you know, I think I'm about to have this baby. And then they're like, how are your contractions? How's your pain? And I was consistent with the time, but I wasn't dying. You know, like I felt like it was just a weird feeling of my my contractions happening, but they're like, no, don't come in until you're actually like, you can't handle the pain anymore. So that was awful for me to have to like, I think I was in labor, but then I was not. And they wouldn't see me at the hospital until I was actually in labor. So that happened like around 38 weeks. So in my head, I was like, I don't want to go through the induction. I think I'm going to have this baby without having to need the medication like go through natural birth but then it didn't happen and we scheduled the induction for the 16th of january mm -hmm. i was still working full-time through the whole end of it even on monday that day before we went to the hospital i was still working and um it was very real we had packed our stuff yeah, we had that prepared for a couple of weeks. Once I got that induction date scheduled, it got real for me. As far as I felt like I wanted to do the classes, you know, there's usually childbirth classes that you go throughout the hospital. So by the time it came to the induction, I felt like I was behind, like I should have done all this stuff. And now I'm going to give birth tomorrow. I need to figure something out so we ended up buying a online course online course so we did that with the whole family yeah it was it was from the hospital so literally it was like 
movie time, but we were watching people give birth. Um, my sister was here. My brothers were here. I think for the first time, they were probably traumatized because they were literally seeing somebody give birth. Was that the first time for you, Karen, to see something like that? Mm, yeah, it was more like documentary. It was different because obviously I've seen it in movies before, but it was different. And it was a nice learning experience with everyone. It was very educational <laughs> from like the terms, the medical terms that they go through. You read everything. Yeah, I mean, I was literally like focused on like wanting to know exactly what was going to happen. And <laughs> you translated it. <laughs> my mom was in the room. We were wanting to have my mom understand what was going on. The kids. And literally, I think I was very, it was like going to school, like all over again. I was like, pay attention, take notes, because I wanted a whole team to be there. And I knew my mom was going to be there. I knew definitely Eddie was going to be there. Um, Karen, I wasn't really sure about because we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it with everybody at home and who was going to be in the room and be in the hospital. But I remember uh, wanting to make sure everybody had a role. So, like, I wanted to make sure people knew what to do. Like, Karen was going to be the DJ. And she was going to do the music and handle, like, all of that stuff. Eddie was going to be in charge of holding my hand and kind of, like, soothing me and telling me how to breathe. So, I, I think that was really important for me that everybody who was going to be there wasn't just there in the room just to be there. But they actually had something to do to help me go through this because... Mentally, it's stressful, and also I was going to be in a lot of pain. Whatever was going to happen, it was going to happen. It's going to go down. But I wanted to be ready, and I wanted you guys to be ready with me and and be there for support. I think that was one of the biggest things for me that I needed to feel like people were there to take care of me. You know, I don't know what to expect. You're going into this room, and you're just I don't know. I knew that there was a high possibility of a C-section. With the induction, which was the scariest thing for me and why I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't want to go through the C-section. I mean, I didn't want to go through the induction for that reason. Uh, there was a high, high, high chance of a C-section. And that for me was the scariest thing. And having to take the uh, online class really helped kind of have a preview of what was going to happen. But I think that was the start of us trying to get ready and prepare for giving birth. Um, the day finally came. So it was Monday. I knew that I could possibly make my body go into labor if I did some exercise. At this point, I was still working out through the whole entire pregnancy. Getting closer to the end, it was a little bit harder. But I was still trying to get my cardio in and keep up with my um breathing and like my heart rate so it can help during childbirth uh it's like preparing for a marathon like honestly you have to prepare your mind and you, you have to go through all these breathing techniques and and things like that to get ready for childbirth but that day on monday i remember like if i can avoid going into the hospital for this induction and just giving birth now i'd rather do that so literally i think we went on a what what would you say a two mile walk yeah i want to say three miles so I literally was like, I'm going to walk this baby out of me. And we went off. Thankfully, we lived in a we live in a neighborhood with uh, a really nice park and we can easily walk a trail. And the weather was nice. It was still January, so it was cold, um, but it was nice enough for me to walk around and literally try to give birth uh, before this induction happened. So we went on a we went on a walk and. I was in pain. I was feeling contractions already, but not strong enough. I think they were just like the Braxton Hicks. And we walked for a couple of hours, um, but nothing happened. No, but I mean, you were in pain and you had to stop a bunch and people, other people walking around. Started they were concerned. They're like, are you giving birth, ma'am? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> but people were like, I was literally in the middle of this park walking in this trail, trying to give birth, and... Um, it was a 3.7-mile walk. Wow. For an hour and 39 minutes. Okay. Damn, you got down... To, oh, you have the record of it? Yeah, I have it right now. That's so scary. You I, can see every single thing. Oh, I took two pictures. That's when we, <laughs> that's when we saw the falcon. 
Was he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so we walked three and a half miles. Um, nothing happened. Came home. And my mom made some pambazos. I remember that. <laughs> I was trying to like stuff up because I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat while I was going to give birth. And those pambazos were really, really good. We didn't even eat together. I think everyone was doing their thing, getting ready. <laughs> it was a really one at a time. Quite stressful moment. Okay. I was just like, I don't know. I was still trying to cancel this induction like to the point where like last minute I called and I said if I can't do this or if I don't want to go in can I still cancel it they're like yeah but you probably don't want to because your blood pressure I think at this point I was like que sea lo que Dios quiera like nombre de Dios you know like we're gonna do this so eventually the time came I had to go to the hospital at night 10 p.m it was 10 p.m my check-in time for the induction and I we got there. We left like at nine thirty, and did it feel real? I think at that point, no. I still didn't know. I still wanted to cancel that appointment. I still wanted to be like, I'm not doing this. I wanted it to happen naturally. It's just the induction is so scary, and we also packed like literally <laughs> our whole entire house. It was us three, your mom, and your little brother. Yeah. It was a, literally a whole family reunion up in the hospital. <laughs> Packed and ready to be there for a couple of days. The fucking nurses were just like staring at everyone passing by. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello, <laughs> we're checking in. <laughs> it was like, it's like a whole family vacation mind us. to the hospital. I remember we took crates that you usually, we would take to Costco to carry stuff. Uh, we took the crates <laughs> into the hospital. We had blankets. We had we food. <laughs> two trips of stuff um and I know the hospital had told me before like I was concerned with COVID and like restrictions I know that a lot of people that gave birth in the last couple of years weren't able to have family with them or have guests in the room or a lot of hospitals have different rules thankfully our hospital was really really open and welcoming and they're like yeah whoever you want to be in the room can be in the room um so sure enough we were ready to be there for the long haul uh, blankets, food, water, clothing. We were ready to go. Yeah, we walk in. The room was pretty big, but there was only a little couch that converted into a small bed and two chairs, I think. And that's it. So we didn't really plan out how the sleeping situation was going to be like. Of course, I had to be in the what is it called? The bed for me. Um, and my mom was going to be in the room, my brother, my sister and Eddie. So it was, it got pretty crowded really quick. Cause then you also have the medical team. You have your doctor, you have the nurse, and then you have other nurses that come and go for different things. So it got really, really, really packed, especially all the other stuff, like literally suitcases of stuff that were in the room. I think at that point, um, they bring me into the room, they get me undressed, they check me in basically, and then they put all this stuff to monitor the baby. I remember that was really uncomfortable for me because they're literally like straps, a pink and blue strap that go across your belly and they're trying to get the heartbeat and they're trying to get the contractions. And those two sensors are like what's used so that they can track the baby during the whole process. So right off the bat, I was already uncomfortable because they had to really tighten that up. And it's like having something, I don't know, your belly's there and then they're pushing against it. The contractions are happening. I was already like, oh no, this is this is gonna be a long, long, long night. And then at that point, I think we decided that my sister and my brother should go back home. Nothing's gonna happen tonight. Nothing's gonna happen tonight. They were just trying to get me settled in. And they, they put me, they basically put me in the bed, strapped me up to these monitors. And then they said that they were going to give me medication to produce the opening of my cervix. Um, so I got on the medication and they were going to come in every three hours to check how dilated I was. I came in at one centimeter dilated. Um, so the goal was to get me up to uh, three centimeters so that they can break my water. And hopefully that would be done in the morning. So they came in, they started me on the medication. 
And I remember I was really scared because I was like, I'm going to be in pain. I'm going to be like going crazy. Just like how you see in movies where people are giving birth and it's it's chaos. Um, but thankfully, no. Uh, the first time I took the medication, I took it in and they told me to go to sleep. But like they're coming in every freaking hour. And then I'm already hooked up to all these machines. There's no way I can sleep. And then you have the anxiety of like, you're about to give birth. So at that point, I was already like, not going to go to sleep. They had already given you the medication? Yeah. Was it a pill? Yeah, it was a pill. They, uh, if I remember correctly, they put the pill under. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. The pill goes on my cervix for it to start opening. And, and then you had the uh, IV. The IV. They put me on the IV, and um, I had the monitors that went across my belly to monitor the baby and monitor me. Yeah, you have wires going out of you from all over the place. Yeah. So how are you going to sleep? That was the number one thing. I don't understand why inductions are scheduled at night. You need rest and you need like energy. Definitely not for the night to be going through all this thing so they had already told me the induction was going to be at least 24 hours i go in get the medication overnight plus like possibly give birth in the morning so that was the goal here and i was like okay they put the medication in i stayed in bed there was no way i was sleeping at this point i started getting contractions and started getting pain and i think you guys took turns taking over like the night shift, yeah, right? Yeah, your mom and I, we would take turns staying up and then sleeping. Which a video? <laughs> you have a video? Oh, my mom was giving me a lot of massages. I know that she was really trying to... Like, she really took her rural serious. Yes, she, she was like ready with the oil massage. She was like like literally going through my legs, going through my, my back. This is you walking in. We're here. <laughs> I had a penguin walk by that point for sure. I was, oh my God. Oh, my belly. You had your hair done. I did. I did want to make sure I had. I didn't have taking it off now. You asked for. Did I? I don't remember. Maybe not. (laughs) I had my hair done in braids because I wanted to have it out of my face. And then um, I didn't know how long I was going to be there for. So I just kind of had it. I cut my hair off. I chopped it off before I gave birth in December. I, I cut it all off. So I had pretty short hair and my mom made it into braids. So it was out of my face. And um, we didn't talk about nesting. No, we didn't do it. <laughs> it never happened for us. I think if anything, I was nesting for work. Yeah, I was so stressed out about having to be off of work for so long. There was so much going on. I didn't think about the nesting phase. Never happened for me. Um. Yeah, and it was hard to work. Like, you still had to be responsible for <laughs> your job and mentally preparing to give birth. I think that for me was like really stressful. But yeah, anyways, we were back at the hospital. We were talking about the nurses. Yeah, and then. It was overnight. I mean, yeah, you got up to pee a couple times. Yeah, that to was help you disconnected from everything. That was hard having to go use the restroom while I was hooked to all these machines, and I needed help. And I was feeling already like my mom was needing to sleep. Eddie needed to sleep. The nurses were coming and going. I couldn't get any sleep. And then I needed help going to the restroom to pee, and the anxiety was real. So it was just a very uncomfortable time. I had never been in the hospital before this. I had never been admitted. I had never been in the hospital overnight. So that in itself was already like, it's not comfortable. The bed is not comfortable. It's cold. There is no TV. That was something that I was like, what? I thought I could watch TV and just chill there. You know, like usually you see on TV or something. We didn't have anything like that. The food, we were looking for the cafeteria. I was looking forward to the food. As soon as I got there, I was like, I can't wait for some jello, maybe some. They offered um, it to us. Yeah, they gave us a whole list. This guy went for his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, hey, for the hospital food. I know I wanted jello. What did I ask for? Jello? For sure. I wanted jello. Yeah, they offered us jello, uh, chicken stew. Popsicles. Chicken stew. They only had popsicles. 
And I was like, where's my jello? And they were out. Apparently there was a, a shortage yeah, during so that time. Nurse, the nurse came in and she was like, Yeah, uh, we already ordered uh ordered it. Thanks for letting us know that it was out. And then we asked when it would be here. They said it was gonna take a couple of weeks. So yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get any hospital like hospital food that I thought I would get. Like I was looking forward to the jello and I was looking forward to the like some sort of applesauce or caldo you know something rico and i was like no puro ice chips i only had ice chips and what else did you bring me you brought me a popsicle and juice popsicles so that was what i was looking forward to i guess at that point um so then we made it to the morning overnight i think there wasn't a lot of pain happening there wasn't much happening other than the uncomfortable feeling of being in the hospital knowing you're about to give birth anytime now and then the nurse is coming and going and you're literally opening up your cervix with this medication so by then uh in the morning they came in and they checked me they gave me the medication twice overnight and the goal was to open me up to three or four to pop my water um so then they came in around i want to say like nine in the morning did I sleep? No, I had no sleep. There was no way you can get any sleep that night. Um, I think my mom was snoring. If I remember, she yeah, was like, she, was. she slept and she was snoring. So she was already tired. Eddie, you took a couple of naps here and there, but oh, you weren't really resting, were you? No, I slept. You that, slept? Yeah, I slept. And then by the morning, the nurses come in. I had a new nurse by the morning. Her name is Michi. And um, she came in, introduced herself. She was a little rough to begin with. She wasn't, you know, nurses are mostly nice and caring and hi, sweetheart, how are you? She was like on the go, boom, boom, boom. Let's get you done. Let's get you to do this, blah, blah, blah. So very to the point. Um, but I remember she came in, they checked again to see how dilated I was. And I got up to three, which is perfect because that means I didn't need another dose of medication. And they called the doctor so she can break my water. That was scary for me because that's after they break your water, it's like you can have this baby within 10 minutes or still hours before, but it's already a big, big step for them to break my water. And that was around her lunchtime, no? She came in like at 12? Yeah. 11? I think around 11, 12. 11. She came to pop my water. So the doctor comes in and it's, I didn't see it. Did you see what they used? I think it was like a little plastic, like a plastic needle. Yeah. And I didn't feel anything. I mean, if you asked me if it hurt, if I had any feeling, no, it didn't at all. I didn't even know when they did it. At this point, you're just there and people are doing things to you and you're just like closing your eyes and hoping for the best. So I remember they popped my water. I thought it was going to be like when you pop a balloon. And like it explodes and it's a gush of water, like and it all comes down. You know, it was just a little, little tiny little streak of water coming down, like drops by drops. But then the, they also said that the water was dirty. Um, little baby boy pooped inside. And um, this definitely made the whole experience a little bit more worrisome because there could be complications during the birth baby needed to have the NICU in the room so that they can check on him when he was born. Um, just for, I think we talked about this. It's it, the poop can go into his lungs. Yeah. But they assured it was, it was just like a precautionary thing. More than likely nothing was going to be wrong with him, but they were just going to be careful. They were being careful. Yeah. But it's still something that you don't want to go through when you're already in this, like, anxiety moment and you're just like worrying about everything I mean just the fact of something going wrong or not going the way you expected it to be is already like it puts you on edge so we're like okay okay we're just gonna take it as it comes my water started um I started leaking throughout the rest of the day meconium how meconium that's what it was and I think it's very common. They said on, on males, like on boys, it's common more on boys than it is on girls. Dirty. But yeah, anyway, um, that already had me on edge. And once they popped my water, that's when things got real because the contraction started coming in more painful and I was needing to be more, um, like moved around more because like they were also 
um, they put me on the Pitocin. The Pitocin is what makes the contractions happen. And that's when the pain started coming. And I don't think that you did a lot of hand holding. Not at that point. Well, no, I think that's when you bit me. <laughs> I think that was before no, they put the epidural though, but it was a little later on. They popped my water, they increased the medication on the Pitocin and and things got real. Um, my mom was doing a lot of like the support with like massages and holding my hand and things like that. Did you have lunch that day? No. You didn't eat anything? Snacks. We had jerky, protein shakes, cheese and nuts. That's all I was eating all day. I didn't have anything to eat. I was literally starving the whole you entire couldn't. time. I couldn't eat anything. Um, and they had promised me <laughs> some jello, which they didn't have, or chicken stuff, which they didn't bring me. Anyway, um, I think around three o'clock they started checking on me to see how dilated I was. And that's when the pain got really like unbearable. Through this point, I was taking like breathing meditation videos like on my phone I had my my airpods on and I was like listening to music like breathing meditations and when the nurse came in to check on like how dilated I was I think I got to a level six and the pain was really really rough but also they said this is not even like next level on your Pitocin medication we need to up that up and that's when I was going to be more painful so I Rachel think warned you. I think the whole uh, ratio of this is that if if regular contractions are painful, contractions on Pitocin are like 10 times more painful. So it was really, really getting a little bit more uncomfortable. And the pain was just, I think Eddie was doing some hand holding. And at a point, I literally bit his hand. Like, me retorcia del dolor. like, it was just unbearable. Like, I wasn't crying hysterically. I thought I was going to be, like, dying. Like, help me, you know, I thought it was going to be this whole, you know, I don't know. I didn't know how I was going to handle the pain, but I think I, I did a lot of breathing during that time. I tried to stay calm, um, but also it was hurting a lot. And that was not even how much it was going to hurt when the medication was going to go through. It was going to be more painful. So then Michi, my nurse, was like, are you going to get the epidural? And I remember looking at Eddie, like for him to answer, like, do I get it? Do I not? What do I do? I don't know. And, and I remember her saying like, this is you, your body, you don't decide, don't look at him. Don't look at anybody. You decide whether you want the epidural or not. It's going to be more painful. It's going to get intense. Don't be a hero. She did say that. Yeah. And um, I remember by three o'clock, I was like, at level six that I opened up up to six and I was like okay I'll take I think my biggest worry I knew I was going to want the epidural my biggest worry was timing like I felt like if I got the epidural too early it was going to wear off by the time I was going to give birth and I was going to feel everything because that's usually what other people talk about when they're giving birth is like I took the epidural and then it wore off and then I felt everything so I didn't want to go through that so I wanted to wait as much as I could before I got it so that I made sure I had it by the time I was actually delivering. But I was like, you know what? It is what it is. I can't take this pain anymore. And um, I got the epidural like around three or 4 PM. They came in. I didn't think it was a big deal. I know a lot of people make it a big deal. Like you're getting the needle through your spine. You have to curl up. I think that was the best I felt when they were doing that. Like, I didn't feel any, I didn't fight it. Um, I took my mind out of it. Did you watch them put that on me? Uh, no, boy. I mean, the doctor was in front of me. Uh, they asked us to sit back. I thought they were going to ask me to help hold you. But no, they all took care of it. Him and the nurse you and your mom, they just asked us to sit back. Did that work instantly yeah no it was like as soon as they put it through my body like maybe three seconds into the medication getting to my bloodstream and it was like what is going on like I they do say that you're supposed to have like the bottom half of your body numbed but at that point I still had control of my legs which I don't know if that was normal or not but I think even the nurse was surprised that I could move because supposedly when you're on this epidural it literally puts your bottom 
body, like half of your body to sleep. That way you don't feel the contractions and you don't have a lot of pain. And it also blocks, I guess, the movement on your legs. But I had complete control of my legs. I could move around, which to them was completely weird. And they were amazed that I could do that. And um, it worked right away. Like, I felt like such relief getting the epidural. I can breathe. I can be awake. And I can just wait it out loud until something happened. And that was at 4 p.m. Around 4 p.m. I got the epidural. And then... We got through 4, 5, 6 p.m. And that's when shit got really real. Because you're on the epidural. You can't really move around a lot. We watched the videos where they, like, you can walk around. If you walk around, it speeds up the delivery. If you move, you can try different positions. But I was on the epidural. I was bed bound to a freaking catheter. Yeah, we took a ball and everything. We took my ball, my bouncing ball. We took a peanut ball. We were ready. But... At the end of it, I had just to be, I was just supposed to be in bed and I didn't have a lot of movement. So then they I came back before. I think you came back playing. like around six. Six p.m.? Yeah. It was early. You got back like when they put the epidural maybe? Oh yeah, because you came in and you saw me okay, right? You didn't see me in pain. Yeah. So you came back probably like around the time I got the epidural because I was okay. You didn't definitely... Yeah see any of the I remember that the doctor came in to check and I was I was progressing well like I was opening up but also baby Dre was not reacting well to the medication his heartbeat was also going down and going up going down and going up yeah I was dropping like the contractions so it was a little bit um overwhelming yeah. like figuring out how to get it to like where the medication was still happening and then baby Dre was still doing well. So then they have me move around. And then at a point they're like, okay, don't move anymore. Just stay there because that's what seemed to work with the baby. But also they couldn't track my contractions anymore. And then they had to hook something else in there. They had to hook um, a little patch on my cervix to keep track of the contractions. And that meant more hooks going at the at the end of it between the catheter the iv the straps and all the extra stuff that they added there's a picture where i'm like literally an octopus like i had things hanging out of my body everywhere um so everybody took a picture of like oh my god this is how you look um but i remember the scariest part for me was that baby dre's heartbeat was not reacting well and at 7 p.m they came in and they checked on the baby too and he wasn't even low enough to be pushed out of me I think he was still pretty high and he hadn't dropped which apparently has to happen so he can get through the birth canal and I can start pushing and then that also was another when he had poop in his water. red sign so this boy had pooped in his water his heartbeat wasn't really taking well the pitocin and then he wasn't low enough for me to push him out so already there were so many things happening that called for a C-section. And the worry was that my yeah. water broke pretty early in the day. And so the longer I go with the water out of his system, the longer or the more probability for infection and more complications down the road. So they really needed me to like give birth soon and I remember how scary that was when Michi came in, my nurse, and she prepped the room for the C-section. You had the gloves, the hat. The gown for Eddie. She put everything in the room, and then she came and talked to me. She's like, this is what we're going to do. And she told me, you know, we're going to have a C-section, and, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to have this baby regardless. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I tried to, like, hold it together. And she's explaining this to me, but at the same time, I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying. You know, like, I'm just hearing words, and all I see is, like, C-section, C-section. Like, I do not want a C-section. And I remember thinking, like, is there anything I can do to, like, have him drop or, like, how, what can I do? Is it my fault? And and she kept explaining, like, it's nothing that you could do. He's just not low enough, and his heartbeat is really what's concerning um 
And I remember she left the room and my mom was literally losing it. If anything, my mom was like, yeah, it's just like she had to go to the restroom because she needed a break because she was like breaking down. I know that my mom had four C-sections and she's definitely not wanting a C-section for me. Um, they're really tough. So any other C-section mamas, like that experience is definitely so unreal that you have to go through that. And and I know that being in that position where like that could potentially happen to you where you have to be cut open in a major surgery to have this baby, like that was super, super scary. Did you feel like what it, anything about that? Eddie, that I was gonna have a C-section. Yeah, I was scared. I was really worried for you. I was just hoping that you would both be okay. And she did say that your safety, both of your safety was a priority, whether that was gonna be a natural birth or with a C-section. Yeah. So that's when it got real. I remember I cried. And Michi came over and she saw me crying and she's like, Don't cry. She was really, really nice. I really like we connected so much. Um, she was very yeah she was comforting she told me she had a c-section herself and she didn't want one she said she pushed for hours and it didn't happen for her so she had to have an emergency c-section and she's like at least yes. you haven't pushed yet um you know that you're gonna be okay and like Eddie said we want to make sure you and the baby are okay and I was like at the end of it I was like a C-section just means two more weeks off from work. So <laughs> what am I going to do? I guess it is what it is. You know, like I was at peace with it. Um, but like I said, Michi was a really, really, really great nurse. And she kept pushing for me not to have a C-section with the doctor. And she kept saying, let's give her 30 more minutes. Let's give her one more hour. Maybe the baby drops within the hour or maybe he does better with the heartbeat. So they did give me the chance. She kept saying, what is it? And every time she came in the room. I'm going to give you a fighting chance to, um, you know, adjust and, and we'll work through this together so you don't have to have a C-section. But yet the whole room was almost prepped for the C-section. So it was kind of like either this happens or we're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so then we went through getting um, the doctor to approve that I was going to have one more hour. I think they told me you get one more hour. I kept on fighting the doctor. And then she's like, I'll come check in on you and see how everything happens. Um, at this point, I was getting tense. We started playing. Karen was a DJ over here. And I remember when they said uh, Dre wasn't low enough, we started playing all the get low songs, like get low. And it I was starting to talk to Dre and I was like, baby Dre, like you and I got to do this together. Like you got to help me. You're going to have to move down so that you can come out and I remember how real it was having to talk to the baby and like tell him like do you hear my voice do you know that I'm dying to meet you and I think about giving birth is this connection that you have with the baby like as much as it is you pushing the baby out the baby's also having to go through work I mean with the contractions I'm sure they're also affecting him obviously if his heartbeat is dropping and all this stuff I'm sure it's also like um not traumatic for him but it's also like stressful it's stressful for him so I really had to like talk to him and say like we're doing this together this is your mom like I'm trying to meet you soon so please like help me you know we're a team and I think that was when it got real about like being a mom you know and having to connect with somebody that you've never even known that you, you know they're inside of you but you haven't even seen their face and you're having to talk to this baby to say hey we got to do this together um but I remember we try to like keep keep it positive like with the music we were singing um so we try to like keep a positive vibe even though it was really really stressful and then um at the end of it they came in they checked and I was already dilated up to 10 so I was fully dilated by like 8 p.m and I remember we started doing bets between each other to see at what time baby Dre was going to be born mom said 10 20 um dad said 7 13 and I said 9 15 and grandma said midnight <laughs> So we all had our little times of when we would think um, baby Dre would be born. And um, we were 
off to kind of see how this was going to play out. At eight o'clock, they checked on my cervix. So I was open to 10 and um, baby was low enough. I don't know if he was fully low, but low enough where I can start pushing. Yeah, he was starting to. He was starting to drop. So they're like, okay, we can start getting ready to push. We'll do some practice pushes first. And obviously they asked, they're like, do you know how to push? Hell no, I don't know how to push. Like, I'm just here to like, this is my first time. I've only seen things on TV and on that little, what is it called? Um, class that we took. So I was like trying to figure it out how it was going to be like. And we started doing some practice pushes. And damn, you had to use your core, your breathing, and every piece of strength in you to like push this baby out. And I remember at that point, I was tired and I was hungry. We were going on 24 hours of being in the hospital, me without food, without sleep. And then um, all the anxiety of like all of the things that were happening. I remember I was really, really tired at that point. But I also knew that I had to push the baby out with all my might because if I didn't, the room was ready for the C-section. <laughs> So either I pushed him out or I was going to get cut open. And I think that was my motivation to just get through it. And um, we started pushing and then I got the hang of it. It's like, okay, you push. And then they started counting. And I remember I got upset because I was telling Eddie, help me, help me count, help me breathe. And nobody knew what they were doing. At that point, I think everybody was all scattered. And I was like, you're supposed to help me breathe. And it, that's when it got really stressful for me because I feel like I felt alone in this whole process. It's not something that Eddie can jump in and like help me breathe or anybody else could do but me. I had to do this. And um, I started uh, pushing. And then that's when they had Eddie and my mom come to the bed and be part of this whole experience. Yeah, we were each on one side uh, holding her legs. And we were instructed to push her legs back as she pushed. So they were holding my my legs in the air. Um, I think at this point, we all got ready to like kind of like be part of this. And Karen, we asked for you to record. Mm -hmm. No, but they said that I couldn't. The, it was policy. Yeah, they did not let us record. So I was like, okay, we'll get ready for pictures. We had our camera. We had a Polaroid. A Polaroid and we were ready. And we're like, okay, this is going to happen. So we started at 8 p.m. and I kept pushing for an hour and a half. Eddie was on one side. My mom was on the other side. And then as I was pushing, I remember they kept offering a mirror. Like, do you want to see yourself push? Do you want to see yourself push? And I was like, no, I do not want to see myself push. I felt like it was going to give me more anxiety to see what was happening. Um, I think I, I was able to like get in the zone and that's what they call it where you're just like so focused on like one thing where you're just like I'm going to push and I'm going to push with all my strength and that was my my focus that I did not want to see what was happening but I think you got to see everything Eddie. yeah I mean you were just pushing and then they asked you if you were queasy is that the word if I was good with around blood yeah because they didn't want me to be passing out but <laughs> nah I was good and then as she's pushing, she says, like, oh, you can see the hair now. Do you want to take a look? And I was like, oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I was curious. So I ended up taking a look and, and you could see the little hair. And Karen had a backseat view to all this because she wasn't like standing up with us doing this. But she was like, you were to the side, right? Yeah. Of the room. How are you feeling? Uh, I thought it was going to be quicker, but yeah, it, was, it took a long time. I thought you were doing good. I was like, this is easy peasy for her. Yes. Made it what made it what made it look easy? You weren't like, screaming or yelling or anything. You were just you were focused. You were pushing. Yeah. You look calm under control. For the first time ever in my life, because never have I been so calm, but I was also like mentally just trying to get through this. My mom was definitely cheering me up, saying, you got this, you're strong, your body's meant for this, you can do this. And my mom had never been in a birth. I mean, I don't think that she would be anyway, but she had never been in a natural birth before. So this was her first time seeing somebody give birth, uh, even for herself, because she had a C-section. So she never went through this experience that I was going through. 
I remember she was definitely like, you can do this. You got this. Yamerito. Just keep pushing. And I pushed for an hour and a half. Yeah, and I started to get nervous because I just kept on seeing uh, the baby coming out more and more, and the doctor was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I thought the nurse was about to, to birth the baby. And that's the weird part, how the nurse is in there from, like, the beginning to end, yeah, but then the doctor do just everything. shows up at the end and just holds the baby. And I think that was, like, they were they had to call the doctor in to, like, let them know, like, it's happening, you know. Um, I'm about to give birth and she started I think for me that's when she got real because like I have been pushing but at this point I'm just pushing like like I don't know what's happening I can't see anything but I'm just pushing and all of a sudden the doctor comes in she starts washing her hands she starts like prepping with gloves and getting her gown on and all of this stuff I was like shit <laughs> shit he's about to be here and the anxiety of it all is like oh my god my baby's coming my baby's coming yeah, once they said that, oh my god, I it's um his head is showing. I like got up and it was so crazy. But yeah, his head kept like sucking in and out. Like when you stop pushing, it would go back in. I'm like, yeah, Merito. <laughs> I felt like that would have given me so much anxiety to see it through the mirror. Um, but I mean, I couldn't feel much of it, um, other than of course the intense push and the pain of like having to it's like taking a big poop I think that's the only thing I can relate it to like you're really like pushing and like it's so like hard to explain for somebody that's never gone through it but I think at the end once he came out I felt the doctor holding his head up is that what happened because I felt like I kept pushing and then she's like one more push and then I had a hold until the contraction came in but she was holding was she holding him she was holding around because I felt pressure, like a lot of pressure. Oh, she just had like her hands around her head like that. Around his head? Yeah. So he was out. Partially, but then he kept going back a little bit. Oh. And I know that at this point, she also got some like uh, water compressions. I think that's what it was. She yeah. like got a rag and started doing water compressions down there because the likelihood of me tearing was pretty, pretty high. And she started like working on compressions to avoid any like major tearing. And as soon as I felt her holding something, like I, I didn't know what it was. Like, is she holding his head? I just felt like something being like stuck there and I have to push it out. So then the last push, she's like, you got this one more push, one more push. And that's how much it felt like every time I push, they're like, one more push, one more push. I was tired. I was definitely like losing my air. I was winded. It was just not happening any better for me. And then at the end, baby Dre came out. And that's when I completely, I almost blacked out from there because like everything happened so fast. Yeah. Yeah, he was out. Um, I just, I saw the dirty water coming out after him. And then, yeah, they gave me the, the scissors to cut the umbilical cord. We waited. We waited a little bit. We said we wanted to delay the the umbilical oh, yeah. cord. We delayed, it. we delayed it a little bit. Um, but in between him coming out, that's when the NICU team came in, and they checked. Sure. I don't know what I happened. Remember. I don't know what they did, but they they told me that there was going to be a lot of people in the room because it was the doctor, the nurse, the NICU team trying to check on the baby, and then all these things happening so fast around me. Did you get to see yeah. all the commotion? There was a lot of people i was excited did you get to see him come out yes she had to tell on your last push took him out they were quick to do their thing i think um as soon as they came as they, soon, they first gave them to you no? yeah as soon as he came out they put him on my chest and um, was he crying? He was crying. yeah and he wasn't like i remember the like anxiety i had because his, his breathing was like yeah, he had a lot of like tapado. <laughs> and I was like, is he breathing okay? Like somebody please. Yeah, you were all worried telling me to ask the nurses. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they care. I'm like, like he just felt constipated. And I was just like, is he okay? Not constipated, congested. Yeah. He felt really congested. But then it kept on going on. So I started to worry too. And then I told the nurse, I was like, no, he's all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that's how he was born. Yeah, I mean, I remember cutting the umbilical cord. Uh, it was very gummy. It was very weird texture. 
The alien had like Ew. little ribs on it. And then Wait, you see? I didn't touch it, but I could see it. I took a picture. And, <laughs> and then the nurse was started sewing down there. The nurse or the doctor? I'm sorry, the doctor. The doctor started sewing you. I remember feeling that. That I did feel like I want to say 60% of being sewn. I I did tear. And I remember like as soon as I had baby Dre on me, it was the whole experience of like, he's here. We were singing his favorite song that we were saying while he was in the belly with me. So we were trying to like bond and have this moment. We get an hour, right? They call it the golden hour where we're with the baby just holding him. And at this point, reality check hadn't clicked where I'm like, this is real. This is happening. This is my baby. I'm still like processing. I'm trying to like get it all together and see what's real and what's not real because I was so tired. And also like, we have this new baby. I was trying to see his face, move him around. There's so many people in there. And then I started feeling the pinch down there. And I think that's when I was holding your hand, right, baby? Was it? Yeah, you held my hand through it because I could feel it. I was oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. clenching because I could feel it yeah. being sewn. And you saw the whole thing, Karen. You, you had a front row seat to be being sewn. I remember seeing uh, Dre's little face. It's so tiny. Yeah. Sus ojos todos hinchados. Yeah, he came out with the cone head, no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all that pushing and all that <laughs> coming in and out, he had a cone head. He had hairy shoulders. He was super hairy. I remember he was super hairy, super tiny. After he came out, I mean, that was it. Now, also, that was, I thought that was it and over with. I thought we were done. I gave birth. It's time to go to our baby room and kind of have our time with the baby but I think I was getting sewn I was spending time with the baby and then the nurse came in and said things did go wrong and you have to get on medication right away yeah your heart heart pressure or heart rate my blood pressure your blood pressure was extremely high so I gave birth through really really high um blood pressure blood pressure and that was what the proclampsia, you know, peaked. So um, they're like, you have proclampsia, you have to get this magnesium sulfate medication. You're going to have, you know, this feeling for a couple of first 20 minutes, it's tingly, it's numbing. Um, and then after that, you're going to be bed bound. They explained all these things to me, but I thought it was just going to be like a little Tylenol pill you take and boom, you're done. I didn't really know what it was going to do for me. And then I get the medication, I start feeling a little weird, and then I completely lose it because they freaking numbed me from like my brain all the way to like my whole entire body was numbed. And this medication was meant for seizure activity because apparently with the, the preeclampsia, you get seizures. So in order to avoid the seizures, they, they numbed my brain with this medication. And I had to be on bed rest for 24 hours. Um, I had to keep the catheter in. And um, I was going to go to the ICU. So instead of going to the baby room, how I thought I would, I ended up going to the ICU. And they moved me to the room. It wasn't even a was big a room. room. It was a smaller room. So we had to move all of our stuff to the next room. And I think in that process i lost my airpods <laughs> yeah we completely forgot about those airpods so they they stayed in that room they rolled out of there they helped us with their stuff <laughs> they helped us move out of that room move into the other room and it was so much smaller and they didn't have food that was my number one thing i think i had romanticized my first meal after this where i was like i'm gonna have this uh charcuterie is that how you say it charcuterie this charcuterie board and i want pizza and i want this and i want that like i had a whole list of things i wanted to eat when i gave birth that shit went out the window because giving birth at midnight was not it um by the time i got to the icu room it was midnight and i'm basically zoned out i think at that point my brain started like literally shutting down but i'm still awake and hungry and I have a baby that's rolled out of the room with me 
and I can't hold my baby. I can't be with my baby because I could barely move myself. And I'm starving. I think we asked for food, right? Like, how did the, how did the cafeteria work? You left to get us sandwiches. Is that when you left? You got I sandwiches didn't, I didn't leave. No, they, they brought it to us. They brought sandwiches. That's right. Yeah, and I was dying at that point. After that, like, as soon as he was born, like, I started getting a headache. I felt nauseous. I had an eight month all day. Uh, and then, yeah, once we had baby Dre, yeah. I called my mom and my brother and showed him, uh, showed him to them. Yeah, they were like, oh, my God, he's here. and Which they already knew. Somebody spoiled it. From the beginning, um, he was, Dre was really calm, not a crying baby. We felt that because all the medication that had gone through my body, he was still, like, you know, mostly asleep and processing it. We're talking about the baby, Dre. How are you? How are you? But baby Dre was asleep. He wasn't really fuzzy. He was just, I don't know, like he was there, but it was like he was really calm. Yeah, after that, you were half awake. So your mom and I, your mom helped a lot. We're taking care of Dre. And the nurse came up and asked if I knew how to change a diaper. I said, no. And she was like, all right, get up. You're about to learn. They weren't playing. (laughs) So I was all nervous, but yeah, she helped me. And his first poops were smelly and they were wild. Right? Was it the first? Oh, after I had some food in me. Yeah, Yeah, after I had some food in me, his first poops were. I think his first poops were really dark and green, like black. Yeah. And it took him a while to pee. And when he did, I was scared because it came out red. It looked like blood. (laughs) But they said it was iron. It was normal for him to have orangey blood, rusty blood. Not rusty blood, rusty pee. Mm-hmm. But that was literally the first 24 hours after giving birth. I stayed in the ICU. I never got a baby room. The nurse would come and check on me and then check on baby Dre. They came and did a lot of the screenings for the newborns. So there was always somebody in the room. Um, we stayed in the hospital from Monday that I checked in. And we were discharged on Thursday. Thursday. So that was, and then we got discharged, got ready to come home. Do you want to share the story of my coming home? Yeah, well, we were excited. We were prepared for Sandy's and Dre's arrival. And we're just standing all, we were all standing by the door. And then um, Sandy walked in first. And, and she walks straight to her room. <laughs> it wasn't even intentional. I felt like I completely understand why people that say that they don't want to see anyone, they don't want to be around people. It's just so painful. You're still recovering. I came back home with like a prescription for pain pills because they said it was going to be hurting for a while. I had a a tear that I was going to have to heal, and just kind of coming back home to a newborn was a whole different experience that I was like not even aware of what was happening around me. It felt like I was in a simulation, you know, like nothing felt real, even from like getting out of the hospital and driving back home with the baby. Like I was happy and everything, but it still felt very unreal. Did you ever get that feeling? Me? Yeah. I was happy to be home. I was tired. <laughs> but you didn't feel like overwhelmed and like like this wasn't real life? You think it was just me because of everything I had gone through before the last couple of days? It was unreal to see baby Dre, but I don't know. Yeah, we had a camera. I mean, you weren't rude. You were, I just thought it was really funny. And I'm walking into the apartment. Eddie was behind you with baby Dre. We came home with a burning baby. Yeah. We were six weeks home with the baby, and, you know, that was our our parental leave, and we'll talk about that on the next episode. For me, this whole experience was a good, go get my plan B. <laughs> birth control. <laughs> birth control. Um, moment. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, never for me. Is that <laughs> a never moment. I will never go through that. Mm-hmm. 
But having an active, I'm like, I can't believe I'm finally at the uh, first time. I think it's different from like having a sibling or like a cousin, which I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I have a baby nephew and I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. For me, I'm just I'm very grateful for you, Sandy. You did a great job. You made it look easy. Yeah. Because how do I make it look easy? I was in pain. I was so, like, it was a lot of suffering and a lot of mental breakdowns. And just knowing that I can have a C-section at any time was already, like, enough to put me on edge. But I knew that I had to give birth to this baby. And it was going to take a lot of work from me to do that. I'm glad that we did work out a lot during the pregnancy because I think that really helped me stay on top of like my body to be able to do this. You, like the breathing, being strong. I think they do tell you that the more you work out during pregnancy, the more resistant you are during labor. And I think that definitely helped out. That's it. From there, we, we stayed home with the baby. And when they literally tell you no sleep, there is no sleep, but we'll talk about that in the next episode. And that's it. That's it. That's all we're going to cover here. On this episode. To be continued. No, yeah. Thank you for listening. And yeah, we'll be going over the six weeks of our parental leave. Our quarantena. Our quarantena with baby Dre. Yay. I hope in sharing like my birth story, it's something that if somebody's wanting to do some research or kind of know what it's like. I think the best thing I can say about giving birth is that you may have a plan, but no matter what, you got to be open to anything can happen because like, even for us, our plan was always going to be this induction. And to the last minute, I was still fighting it, but we went through it and you just have to roll with whatever happens. I think there's a lot of reasons for complications that can happen and you just have to stay calm you just have to breathe and I think trusting the doctors is really important trusting the team that you have I'm glad that we had really good nurses and really good staff that was like they were able to make a really stressful situation something that was manageable and even if I was crying and like feeling helpless they felt like I could trust in them too get through this and I think the fact that I had my mom I had my sister and obviously Eddie there in the room really made this experience a lot more special because my mom got to see the baby being born Eddie got to see everything from like the pushing to his head to him actually being out and I think that's an experience that you'll never forget yeah no definitely it's an amazing experience and with that We'll conclude this episode. So thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. And don't join a cult. <laughs> Bye.